I think it's a very natural human wish and aspiration to be able to live with an open heart in a circumstance of our lives which we all encounter where when things are difficult or scary or feel dangerous, when we experience harm or threat of aggression, of violence, or just uh, things that are difficult for us. And there are so many things like this in life. It's very easy for the heart to contract, to close, to start to feel either kind of numb or tight or inaccessible to us or to more experience from ourselves, within ourselves, anger, fear, and uh, qualities that seem to be quite different than a sense of having an open heart. And so we can recognize the aspiration and the wish for happiness, for well-being, for ourselves. And we might understand that this would be served, and indeed it would be served, through the cultivating of our heart's capacity to open. The the possibility for this is something that is not far away from us, but that we may need to learn, we may need to develop, and it may take some time. We may be aware of places of contraction or disconnection in our lives and in our hearts with regard to others, with regard to ourselves. And I think if one... If we let ourselves feel what that's like, acknowledge what that's like, it's, it's painful. It's not what we would wish. Sometimes, of course, we might think it's necessary for our protection to not stay open to someone or some circumstance where we've experienced pain or feel we may be hurt. And yet this, this process of inclining towards something that we recognize to be of benefit, to be wholesome, to be worthwhile in our lives. This is something we can very usefully engage in. And in the practice of loving-kindness meditation, of metta, as we speak about it, what we do is we bring someone to mind, or it may be some group of people, but initially we'll start with one person. It doesn't even have to be a person, it can be a being. We bring someone to mind, and we imagine as if we're with them, what it would be like to relate to them from a place of kindness, of care. And what we might wish for that person in that situation. And then we use that sense of what we might wish for someone out of care, out of kindness, as a framework for connecting with that quality of love, of friendliness, of kindliness and care. And this is based on understanding that we ourselves wish to be happy. We ourselves wish for well-being. We ourselves wish for the end of that which is painful or difficult, that we might call suffering. And it's a natural and wholesome wish that we have. In the teachings of the the Buddha, there's a recognition in this tradition that while we might wish for this, we don't necessarily understand what brings it about. Wishing for it isn't in itself enough. But what we can do is we can cultivate the qualities that are supportive of that that we wish for. And supportive of happiness is this quality of kindness, of care. 
And so what we do is we, we turn our attention initially to the sense we have in ourselves of what we wish for. And I mentioned this morning before breakfast the possibility of just allowing oneself to contemplate what it is that may be most important for us. What it is that we would most deeply long for in our lives. And of course we might notice that our mind thinks, well, it would be nice to have a better job or you know, a comfortable house or a, sort of a, a better relationship or, you know. Those kind of things where we see the circumstances we imagine will give us what we wish for. And perhaps more useful is to sense into what it is that we think that might give us. And we might have a sense, oh, that would mean I could feel relaxed or at ease. Or might feel a sense of <coughs> well-being or, or connection. And, and just seeing what comes for you. Because these are natural human wishes. That we might wish for happiness in our hearts or joy in our lives. Of course, wouldn't we? We might, of course, have the experience of, well, there's not much chance of that. Or I've got to work really hard and it doesn't seem to happen. Or maybe the thought is, oh, I've already got it. It's great. I don't need any of that. I'm happy already. Which is lovely, wonderful, if that's true. But there may be areas of our life notwithstanding that where we still realize that there are limitations. That maybe we feel quite well in ourselves and generally happy and yet there are places where maybe we realize our heart isn't so fully open and there's something that's painful or limiting about that. So it's not assuming that we're in the midst of some great struggle with life and yet for some people that might be how it's experienced. And whatever our life circumstance, whatever is true for you, just noticing or seeing if you can make contact in yourself with that, that wish that is naturally there for our well-being, for happiness, for whatever it is that you might yourself seek for. Because in this practice we begin by extending to ourselves the wish for that as an expression of kindness towards ourselves. Classically, although there's no sort of absolute rules in the practice about what you've got to do in which order. We begin where it's most easy or available and where it makes most obvious sense to us. Now, of course, for many of us in the West, we have a certain kind of conditioning, and not just in the West, but in the East as well, perhaps, but it's certainly very prevalent in Western culture, where we might not feel it's okay to wish well for ourselves or that we're somehow deserving of happiness. And of course, this isn't true. Each of us as a human being, and in fact all beings, have something inherent of value, of preciousness, of importance that we can honour by wishing well for, that we can support by opening our heart towards. <coughs> so, so the way the practice works is that we use some phrases, some language as a way of connecting with the intention of well-wishing. And this is the key piece to understand. It's the intention that we're working with here. Whether we feel ourselves having the experience of warm, loving, sweet, juicy friendliness and care, that may or may not happen. But what's important is that we orient ourselves to what that quality would express 
whether we're in contact with it consciously or not. So that because we care for ourselves, it's natural to wish ourselves well. Because we care for others in this world, it's natural to wish well for this world. Just as it's equally natural to be sad or disappointed with the circumstances where that's not what's happening. Where things are difficult for ourselves, where we see suffering in the world. That we might feel sorrow at that, but the sorrow is precisely because we do care. And this care is something which, although we might at times become distant from it in the rush and pressure of our lives, it's never absent from us. We wouldn't really be engaged. Nothing would happen at all if it wasn't for that very deep wellspring of caring at the heart of what it is that we are as human beings. So in the practice we we find some phrases, and I'll offer you some in a moment, which we can use to express that sense of well-wishing of caring for, of kindness. And by expressing them, it's like we start to establish an orientation in the heart and in the mind towards that possibility. We might find it easy to connect with. We might find it really difficult. It's okay, however that is for you. It might change. It's likely that it will. Sometimes easier, sometimes less so. But what's important here is that you, in a gentle and yet wholehearted way, Just engage with what's suggested and see what happens for yourself. And give it some time, give yourself some time. So that we're not somehow trying to get it all done this morning. And we're not trying to fix ourselves by doing it and to make ourselves someone good or holy or somehow, you know, respectably kind and full of loving kindness. As if that's some idea of a state we're supposed to achieve. Which again would easily generate pressure. And make us feel like we had to compare ourselves with some idea or some projection of somebody else. And that's not helpful. That doesn't actually open the heart. What I think opens the heart is a sense of connecting with the caring and also our aspiration. What it is we long for, for our lives. How we might wish to live in a way that's more free, more open, with more easy or sustained access to a sense of friendliness in life. That doesn't mean we abandon our capacity to say no or make boundaries when that's appropriate, but that we can do so without closing our heart. And if we need to make space in the world or even from some person or situation, we can do that, but staying open in one's heart so we don't close down on the inside. And this is really for our great and ongoing well-being to support this capacity. This teaching was first offered by the Buddha to some some monks and nuns who were practicing in the forest and got really scared in the night. And it was so it was also a way of handling the fear that can arise for us in life. The fear is something that kind of closes our hearts. And when we can't avoid the thing that we're afraid of or we feel threatened by, then of course we start to feel anger or even aggression towards that which is threatening or appears to be threatening towards us. And so these are qualities that we might notice or encounter in this journey. And other things, of course, as well. Not to be concerned or disheartened if that's the case. So beginning with ourselves, noticing what it's like for you just now to bring your attention into your body and just feel your body sitting here 
I spoke a little last night about establishing a posture that's grounded, connected, that's relatively at ease and yet also relatively upright. Now in this practice, it's useful to be relatively steady in your posture, not moving or changing or shifting just because there's a little irritation or minor discomfort. But it's also important not to be battling with your body or yourself. And so it's okay if you need to change your posture to move your limbs or stretch something that's become a little tight. Doing so slowly and gently with kindness. And, and just initially as we begin, coming, bringing our attention inside and just noticing the breathing as it's moving through the region at the center of your chest. Which we call the heart center. It's quite a resonant region where we feel often quite a lot of our experience touches us. But whatever it is that you notice as you bring your attention into this area of your body and the region in the center of your chest, and allow yourself to become sensitive to the breathing that moves and flows, that rises and fades in this region. And just taking a moment, if you'd like to, to to consciously extend some appreciation to this body. That uh, we have the good fortune to have a body to live our life in and with and through. For all its limitations, for all the times when we find it hard, when it's not well or when it's injured, when its capacity is less than we would wish it to be. And over the years that often changes, reduces. And yet an incredible servant and support for our lives, this body. Just sensing what it might be like to extend a sense of appreciation to your body. Not expecting it to be perfect, but hey, it's here. And what good fortune that that is so. Not worrying about what it looks like or whether it fits into any ideals of others or ourselves, but just, ah, this living, breathing thing that's pumping blood and drawing oxygen and sustaining our life moment by moment by moment. And even noticing what it's like to take the soft, open palm of your hand and place it somewhere on your body. Maybe your belly or the centre of your chest. Maybe the knee or the shoulder if there's somewhere that feels a little sore or tight, under pressure. Just seeing what it's like to make gentle, soft and kindly contact with your body. A soft open palm of the hand. And you might like to just gently rub or massage or squeeze. Or you might just want to feel where your hands are resting on your thighs or in your lap. So it's not that you're needing or feeling moved to make contact any more than that, and yet noticing the contact that's there. And just sensing what it is you wish for your body at this time. Would you wish for it ease, sense of wellness, maybe vitality and relaxation together? To be maybe free of pain, Those would be natural things we would wish for our body, to be nourished, to be well-rested, to be warm. I think they're not unreasonable things we might wish for our body. 
and noticing what it might be like for you to just very gently wish for your body, well-being, ease, whatever way you might like to. This practice of loving-kindness is supported by the quality of appreciation. This is what the Buddha spoke of as the proximate condition for the arising of loving-kindness, is giving attention to that which we appreciate and value. And in life it's easy to focus on what's not quite as we wish it to be, or what's gone wrong, what's not okay. And sometimes we need to attend appropriately in those directions. But in this practice, the, atten- the instruction or the invitation is to attend to what we appreciate. To take a moment just now to reflect on perhaps some of the good things that you've offered through your life to yourself or another. Ways in which you've contributed or upheld something of value. Not looking for anything special or great, but or just qualities Remembering some time you expressed generosity or courage. Or kindness and support to another human being or to a creature. Or just uh, took care of a, a plant or a tree or a piece of land. These things we've all done, we don't always remember or focus on them. what it might have felt like for you at a time when you felt a sense of warmth and openness towards another human being and let them know that you cared for them or just held back from expressing to someone the fact that you were really angry and wanted to hit them with a large stick but on this occasion didn't hit them with a large stick an act of forbearance also simple but expressing something precious about a human being. And what is it that you might wish for this this precious human life that you have for yourself? What would it be like to imagine that if you should have the power to make it happen, just by wishing it so, what is it you would bring into your life? And allowing yourself to make contact with that, what it is you most yearn for, or would love to have. Because, of course, we all wish for the end of suffering. We all wish for happiness. And so, just being in contact with that, and again, just noticing the breathing moving through the region in the centre of your chest, I'm going to offer you some phrases which you can repeat. And just notice what it's like as you say them, express them to yourselves. Seeing if you can feel into the meaning of what that would be to offer this to yourself. May I be happy and peaceful.
May I be healthy and well. Just repeating them silently, offered to yourself. May I be free from pain and suffering. May I live with ease and joy. Just noticing the resonance of those phrases, of that language, expressing well-wishing towards yourself. And it's important with this, it's not asking for permission like, may I please have from some other power that will say yes or no. But it's more like the may I, oh, that's what I wish for. Yes, for myself, I would wish for that. And it's not saying I am happy or I will be happy, I must be happy. It's not an affirmation or a command to ourselves of how we're supposed to be. Again, it's more just honouring that sense of what we wish for. And then we can just start to feel a little bit, what's the language that works for you? Because for some, we might say, and you can try this, may I be filled with peace and happiness. It's a slightly different languaging rather than may I be happy and peaceful. May I be filled with peace and happiness. Just that sense of what it would be like to be filled. May I be safe and protected from danger. May I be loved and cherished. May I be taken care of and have what I need. And just noticing how those different phrases resonate. You don't need to use them all. But maybe finding two or three or four that you connect with. And if there's something that you would wish for yourself that isn't that, it's very fine and you're very welcome to to include that. To listen to your own heart's wish. And so I'll offer the phrases again. Just the simple kind of traditional ones. But you can embroider, change or completely use some different words or phrases as you wish. And if English is not your first language, you're very welcome and it's often really helpful to use your mother tongue or the language you most resonate with that feels where you connect more with an offering of kindness to yourself. May I be happy and peaceful. May I be healthy and well. May I be free 
from pain and suffering. May I live with ease and joy. Each phrase is an offering of friendliness, of care and kindness to yourself as the natural expression of our well-wishing for our own life, our hearts, our bodies, our minds, ourselves. And trusting that it's really okay to wish well for yourself because it is and it's the foundation of caring for all other beings that we wish well for. It's the place in which we can know how deeply all beings wish for happiness because we ourselves wish for it so deeply. Well, maybe happiness isn't the word. Maybe it's peace. Maybe it's freedom that we most deeply resonate with is what we yearn for. But whatever that is, we know it. And we can wish it for ourselves. And so again, letting the inner speaking of the words be soft and kind and gentle. May I be happy and peaceful. May I be healthy. And well. May I be free from pain and suffering. May I live with ease and joy. As if you were smiling at yourself kindly. And seeing what supports you to be able to do that. It may be, and sometimes it can be helpful to remember friends or those near and dear to us smiling towards us with kindness. And just imagining what it would be like if they were wishing us well right now. As perhaps they are. Consciously or unconsciously. And what it would be like to be receiving that sense of kindness and friendliness from our our friends or loved ones. We might find it useful to imagine ourselves as a small baby. Vulnerable, dependent, harmless. And if we were to meet this small baby that we all once were, wouldn't we wish happiness and safety for this being? And all good things. And so we can wish this for ourselves, right here. And if any resistance or reaction comes to this 
just acknowledge, but don't get into a battle with those reactions. It's part of the practice. Just put it down and come back to this intention to wish well. And then just in your own time, wishing well for yourselves. Using the phrases you connect with, and it doesn't matter if you don't remember them exactly. as if each phrase was a gift or an offering of loving-kindness from your heart to yourself, your own life, your own being as you are. And just gently wishing yourself happiness, safety, peace, well-being. Whatever it is that you wish for in your heart. That you long for in your life most deeply. Not that we can make it happen by wishing for it. But that out of kindness, that's what we would naturally wish for if we could make it happen. And so expressing that kindness and the offering of the phrases of loving kindness that you connect with. And whatever arises for you as you do this practice, be gentle and kindly towards yourself and your experience. 
You're not trying to make something happen and there's nothing which is not supposed to be happening. What happens is your practice and coming back again to meet yourself in this experience with kindness and with this intention of well-wishing, of loving friendliness and care. And if your body's becoming uncomfortable, feeling very free at this point to just make some adjustment, to gently move or adjust your limbs or body, to stretch or bend a little quietly and sensitively, but in a way that's honoring what's true for you. having done what you needed to do to be more at ease or a little warmer or cooler knowing we can't always be perfectly comfortable but nonetheless doing what we can here and then just returning to this well wishing for yourselves the Buddha once said that we could look the whole world over And we would not find another being more worthy of our love than ourselves. Not saying we're somehow more worthy than others, but we're equally worthy of our love. And this is the place it begins. our own hearts, wishing well for ourselves. If it starts to feel a little mechanical, or you don't feel connected with it, just take a moment again to connect and reflect on what you long for, what you wish for, most deeply in your life. And then wish that for yourself in the phrases that you offer to your own heart.
And now just completing the phrases that you're offering to yourself. And bringing your attention again more fully into your body to feel the movement of your breathing in the region of the center of your chest. And just connecting with the breathing through the heart center. And again, you might like to place the soft open palm of your hand in contact with that area or some other part of your body, just, just allowing there to be that physical expression of making contact, of kindliness, of care. If you find that useful, it's not required or obligatory. We're just feeling this soft, vulnerable, tender human body. So full of life and the impact of experience, both sweet and tender and equally those that are difficult and hard. And just again taking a moment to honour this human being, this body with just a sense of appreciation for engaging in this practice of loving-kindness, of seeking to connect with such a wholesome quality. Whether or not, and not needing to evaluate whether you feel like you've done it well or not, that's not so important. But the willingness to turn in that direction, that's what's important. And so deeply this world needs our hearts to be something we're connected with, that we're allowing to open more and more to ourselves and to each other. So again, really important to honour and appreciate what you're doing here. Not getting into evaluation or comparison or expectations. Sometimes the practice works in a way we can't see it working until we realise its impact at some future point. And so for now, just extending a sense of kindliness, friendliness and appreciation also to your companions here in this room who are supporting us as we are supporting them in this practice. May we all be happy and peaceful. May we all be healthy and well. May we all be free from pain and suffering. And may we all live with ease and joy.
So this is the the framework and the foundation for the practice we'll be exploring through the day in sitting and walking and in fact through the various activities we'll engage in. Within whatever we're doing, this possibility of turning towards a spirit and an expression of well-wishing and kindness. This is something we can connect with. And so... With that, we begin with ourselves because it's often the place where we can feel that sense of what we wish for, what we long for most clearly. And we can understand from that that other people too, or in fact all beings, have this at their heart. It can also be a place that's not easy for us because of conditioning around um, worthiness or not feeling worthy. Around the relationship we might have to things we've done in our lives we don't feel so good about. We feel remorse with regard to... And we'll attend to some of these dynamics as we go along. But for now, just seeing if you can stay with the intention. And we'll go into a period of walking meditation. We will have the chance to walk outside, is my encouragement to you, but it can be done inside. It's nice to be in the space, in the natural environment, and we're rather blessed with the good fortune of a a sunny day in December. So... uh, Not to be missed, really, I would think. I just want to check at this point if the instruction is relatively clear. There's a lot more I could have said about how one could usefully engage in this, but if I did that, there wouldn't be any time for engaging in it. So there's something of a balance to be struck. But if you have a sense of enough to begin with, that's enough to begin with. But if you really have no idea what I was talking about, I'd really like to know so I could perhaps clarify. Okay, so just a couple more observations. It's fine if you want to simplify the phrase a little, just, you know, may I be happy. It doesn't have to be may I be da-da-da-da-da-da, or may I be at ease, if that's what you connect with. To use two or three or four, four is enough. More than four gets to be a long list. So see what you connect with. See what the language is. Play a little bit with it. But don't be constantly trying to fix it to make it work. Because it's not like that. It's not that there's something wrong with it. That you're supposed to have some immediate feeling response. You may, you may not. It's okay. Trust where you are and trust what's your experience. That's something really important in any practice that's truly transformative. And so then we see what's possible. In walking meditation, you'll encounter other people and you'll encounter maybe creatures outside, birds and squirrels and uh, other animals. Uh, Rabbits are sometimes out on the lawn during the early morning or evening. And insects. And if you feel moved in encountering another being, to just take a moment to wish them well. It's a very natural and, I think, uh, supportive Response, And so you don't have to pretend there's nobody else here and we're being silent and we're keeping our eyes down and I hope I don't bump into anybody and they better not bump into me, you know. It's actually okay. You don't have to look around and try and make deep, soulful contact with everybody because that's not going to work in this context. It wouldn't be so useful. But nonetheless, allow yourself, if you wish, to be open and aware of who's here. And if you maybe notice someone and feel a smile comes, that's fine to let the smile come. And if 
that somebody doesn't notice you or doesn't smile, that's okay too. It's not like you have to now sort of do some whole greeting process. I just want to say with that that for me it's a natural, though learned, but natural response at the end of a sitting to bring my hands together in what we call Anjali in the tradition. It's In the West we call it bowing often. And it's often associated with some kind of sort of reference to some other or higher power or something like that, which isn't what's going on here. When I do this, it's me because I'm moved to, and you absolutely don't have to unless you want to, but it's an expression of respect and appreciation and gratitude. And so I sometimes bow to the Buddha because of my gratitude and appreciation for what he's offered me and his teaching and his life and what he's offered this world. And when I bow at the end of the sitting, it's because I also know it's not easy to do this. And so there's a real appreciation and respect for, for yourselves choosing to do so, to engage in this way. And it's really, as I said, it's, it's a personal thing. But just because some of you might be wondering what's going on, I want to name it and speak to it. It doesn't involve signing up to any religious rituals. So time now for some walking. When you walk, I'd suggest you kind of have some degree of your attention in your body. So you feel your feet on the ground as you walk. You don't have to do it super slow or in any way that feels too tight. You might like to walk back and forth. Or you might like to just gently sort of wander. What isn't helpful is to get into going somewhere. Because as soon as we're going somewhere, we're doing something rather different. Like, I think I'll go over there and do that. Or that looks better. Just let yourself walk, maybe back and forth, maybe in a circle. Maybe just ambling a little, as if there's nowhere to get to, because you're already here, which is actually true. And then um, we'll come back for the next sitting at um, 10.45, which is in about 25 minutes now. So it's not such a long period. And uh, we'll continue with the practice through that. Even as you are leaving, one can be practicing. May I be happy. May I be well. Or may the person in front of me be happy. May they be well. May they get away. You know, may they not get in my way. Notice where our mind goes. But just come back. Okay. Good. So we'll meet back here in 25 minutes, or just less than that now. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.